Hello, and welcome to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Bryant the Boom Corgan, joined, as always, by my fearless Kimosabis, Andrew, the diabetic Dynamo Dobes, and Brendan, the producer Pika. Welcome in for our week six recap. Five. Week five recap. There you go. That's all right. It's been a long week. <laughs> it's been a long week, and there were a lot of fantasy football developments. Um, before we jump into kind of recapping the week that we did have, once again, the week five recap. Andrew, congratulations. Yeah. You beat me in both our Barely Athletic League, uh, as well as beating me in the predictions last week. So Four one. I'm hoping Four one that... Favorite. uh that is the start and end of your comeback, but uh, we'll see. You're, you're, you're kind of crafty, so is we'll it, see how this turns out. Is it a comeback if I only win one week? No. No? Okay. It's, it's a, it's a week-long comeback. But Here's what I do. I just pick Dolphins to win every single game for the rest of the year. You know what? That it's would be... Uh, you'd probably be right about half of the time. It's going to work out. <laughs> uh, you know, the big storylines, as far as injuries go... Uh, Dak Prescott had a really, really horrific injury. And this is probably the first injury I've seen in a while where it seems like everybody's on the same page and everybody really, really did show their support. Um, You know, he's just, he's a really good guy and he's been an amazing quarterback. So it was really nice seeing the support he received. We truly, truly wish him luck. It should be about a four to six month recovery timeline I'm hoping he gets a big contract. I'm hoping he yep. is back and stronger than ever. So much yeah. love and much respect out to Dak Prescott. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Prescott guy. So you are a big, that, Prescott that was, guy. uh, that was rough. That was just rough to see. So. Yeah. And I wouldn't want him as my franchise quarterback, but I think he is a terrific, terrific person. And I really do like him uh, quite I'll a still, bit. So I'll still take him. <laughs> yeah. You're a Vikings. You know how much, you, you know how much I freaking love Dak Prescott, uh, man. As far as fantasy impact, obviously the downgrade from Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton is major. As far as fantasy football goes, it's a downgrade for all the receiving options, uh, but a big boost to Ezekiel Elliott. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Dalvin Cook left the game with a groin injury. He's questionable for week six. Uh, We will talk about waiver options later on Dalvin cook. Hopefully you already had Alexander Madison who showed in a big way that he is about 80 to 90% of what Dalvin cook is. It wasn't um, bad. It wasn't a bad show. No, not a bad showing at all over a hundred yards on uh, more than 20 touches, not Dalvin cook, but Dalvin cook light mm-hmm. uh, Deontay Johnson left the game for the Steelers with a back injury. He is also questionable for week six and in his absence, Chase Claypool blew up. And this is probably one of the more funny things I found out. So he's from Canada. And yeah. his nickname. Oh, uh, yep. Mapletron. Mapletron. That's pretty darn funny. It doesn't stick as well as, as others. As it doesn't. But Megatron I, or I like that, Feast Mode. I like that he that he just goes with it. Yeah. Uh, in the final big injury that we kind of want to notify people, uh, and this is probably a very kind injury because it makes people's decisions a lot easier. AJ green left the game with a hamstring injury. He's doubtful for week six. 
I think he's done. I he's in cuttable category. I am fine putting him on waivers. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with AJ Green right now. Um, there's yeah. that that play the the one time oh. he was targeted yeah. where yep. they intercepted the ball. Marcus Peters intercepted the ball, and AJ Green just didn't put in any effort to tackle him. There's uh rumors on the on the sideline where he there's video where he he looked to the coach and just said trade me. Um, I'm not a hundred percent a hundred percent certain that's what he said, but it's really it it I can see it as a possibility that they're going to try to trade him because he's done nothing. He's not showing like he wants to play for this team. Uh, so they're I they're going to be looking to trade him elsewhere. Yeah, no, Weird. I um I'm done with AJ Green. Just the like you said that one play. Uh, you know it was not a catchable pass, but after the interception. He was actively working to get out of the way. You yeah, know? He, Not he only did he didn't direction. try to tackle him, he was actively trying to get out of the way. So that's just not the attitude of a winner. He's off mm-hmm. my team. So that's not the that's, kind of person I want. That's exactly what I did in middle school football. I was afraid to get hit. So you just run, kind of make it look like you're trying, but then you just, you yeah. know, just kind of blend in so the coach doesn't notice. But, uh, Andrew, not in the NFL, that's your man. Specialty, yeah. <laughs> not, not in the NFL. Everyone will know. There's a lot more cameras there. So. Uh, and that is the truth. Uh, yep. We have a little bit different of a format today. Instead of recapping each game, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about the big winners and big losers and the fantasy implications. If there's a storyline or if it is a one great performance, uh, we are thinking of calling the seg- the segment "Stock Up and Stock Down." Uh, but I just had an idea. I think we can call it who went beast mode and who went least mode. Least mode, beast (laughs) mode and least mode. All right. So let's start with the beast mode because that is fun. Uh, The first name I have to talk about is Ruggs. Henry Ruggs versus Kansas City. This is his first game back from that hamstring injury that has been limiting him. Three targets, two receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this is a great performance. You know, this is exactly what they drafted him to be against a really good Kansas City secondary. Um, you know, I don't expect this to be his production week in, week out. Uh, three targets for two receptions. <laughs> That's not a whole lot of opportunity, right. yeah. uh, but he absolutely made the most of it. Uh, I think he is going to be one of these high variance players like Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Brown. They are good players. You know, you can't take that away from them. Um, but you know, they're going to be very high ceiling and very low floor. So I'm excited to see how this develops. You know, I think he's in the Tyreek Hill mold of, you know, he's that big play fast guy. So if they involve him in the ways that Kansas city used Tyreek Hill, I think Henry Ruggs can absolutely have, you know, consistent value. Uh, you should own him. You know, I think he is absolutely somebody who should be signed. Uh, but Henry Ruggs, just a huge day in Kansas against Kansas City. All right, I'm going to stick with a wide receiver. Um, not Chase Claypool, which is definitely another player that should be on this list. But I'm going to go with the other side of the ball, Travis Fulgham. By the other side of the ball, I mean their opponent. Travis Fulgham had 10 receptions, 152 yards, and one TD. He was targeted a whopping... 13 times this game that is a very good performance that is two solid weeks in a row for travis fulgham last week against san francisco he put up a touchdown uh and he did it again this week v 
very solid performance, one of the highest scoring wide receivers this week on a team that does not have good receivers. Uh, the next best was J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Then there's Greg Ward. You got a lot of injuries on this team, and Fulgham is really stepping up to the plate. Um, uh, he, he's, in my head, rosterable. Hmm. I want to see how consistent he's going to be, but it is very positive for him that he did it two weeks in a row. He has two great weeks. So I I would put him already in a desperation flex category. Would you add him ahead of Greg Ward, who also yes. scored a touchdown? Yes, I would. Travis Fulgham is looking better in the last two weeks. Yeah, bringing the heat, uh, and I absolutely agree. I think a big factor is the fact that Zach Ertz looks washed up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a lot of hope for Ertz. I thought he still had it. But, you know, without Goddard there uh, and with, you know, kind of the team falling apart, <laughs> it, it's not looking great for Ertz. And yeah. Carson Wentz has to throw somewhere. And if Ertz can't get it done, uh, that's like you mentioned, those other options, uh, they are going to be soaking up those targets. Uh, next up for me, I have DJ Moore versus Atlanta. Finally broke out in a major way. Granted, a lot of his production came from one very long touchdown run, but it was wonderful to say the least. 93 yards and a touchdown. You know, granted, it was against a really bad Atlanta defense, but, you know, this is a shockingly well performing Panther team. So there's no reason this should not continue. And I think DJ Moore is a rock solid wide receiver, too. He's getting the opportunity, he's on a high flying team. I was inspired. People were really conflicted with what to do with DJ Moore. He just wasn't getting what they were hoping for. And this is a return to he can absolutely get it done. All right. I'm going to go with a running back from Arizona. I'm going Chase Edmonds. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a really good one because a lot of people at the beginning of the season, I I I would say most people thought it was all going to be Kenyon Drake, but it's really not looking like that. Kenyon Drake dealing with injuries and just having a lackluster season, Chase Edmonds has made a case for him to be a dual threat, not a dual threat, a basically the, the running back 1B. It's weird. Uh, it's unfortunate for Drake owners, but hopefully he picked up Chase Edmonds as well. He put up three carries for 36 yards, but he was very involved in the receiving game with five receptions and 56 yards with a rushing touchdown as well. He is very high value in PPR leagues, half-point PPR leagues. He's had his best game yet, and he's making a really strong case for having a bigger workload, especially with Drake not performing as well as they expected him to. Drake didn't do bad. He still got majority carries, but he only got 60 yards, averaging only 3.3 yards a carry when Chase Edmonds averaged a whopping 12. So Chase Edmonds is being more and more involved in this offense, both in the rushing game and the receiving game. He's worth a spot on your fantasy, and I can make a case for a flex position. Yeah, no, that's that's a great player to bring up. Um, you mentioned, you know, he is more of a 1B. I would disagree with that. You know, he did only right. have the three rushes, yeah. but he's putting up production, and he really is outshining Kenyon Drake. This was against the Jets, so it is a different scoring model. Um, But no, Chase Edmonds should definitely be owned in all leagues, and especially if you are the Drake owner. Mm -hmm. Um, I do still see Drake, uh, I'm not going to say head and shoulders above Edmonds at this point, 
Um, but I do think they're a clear 1A and 2A. <laughs> 2A, yeah. Um, but, you know, Edmonds is making a very good case for himself. And if, you know, in a couple of weeks we find out that, you know, it is a 1A, 1B, I would not be all that surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I have Josh Jacobs. Uh, just the stud that keeps on going. Yep. 77 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and really just a dominating performance. Uh, this entire Raiders team showed up in a major way to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs and hand them their first loss of the season. And Jacobs was a huge part of it. You know, he was grinding, he was scoring, he's doing everything you're hoping for you were getting from uh, that position. So he kind of entered the season outside of that elite category. And I think he's made his case for why he should be included in the likes of Ezekiel Elliott, uh, in the likes of Alvin Kamara. He's in the category. All right, I'm going to stick with that team. I'm going to go with the wide receiver. I'm going to go with the wide receiver two on this team, Nelson Aguilar. Shut up. Nelson Aguilar. Now, Henry Ruggs is the definitive wide receiver one. He has the most value on this team in the receiving game. And then I would go Darren Waller. And then I would go Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar has been performing better than Hunter Renfro. And he is the type of player where he doesn't need that many receptions to have these big plays. We saw it last week. He only had two receptions, but one of them was a 59-yard touchdown. He put up amazing numbers this week and amazing numbers last week against the Buffalo Bills defense and the Kansas City Chiefs defense. That is a two very good defensive matchups. Here's, here's a weird stat for you. Nelson Aguilar last season was on the Philadelphia Eagles. How many touchdowns did he score the entire season? Can you guess? I'd say seven. Three. He scored three, three last season. How many has he scored this season for the Raiders through week five? The answer is three. He is performing way better than he's ever performed. And he. I'm, I'm not saying he should be starting every week. He is definitely a matchup player. Uh, but he's looking better than Hunter Renfro. And if Henry Ruggs is out, which he's, you know, he's dealing with injuries, Nelson Aguilar has some some very high value. So in, no. a, in a game no. where they're, yes, no. yes. I'm out. He's done it. There's only <laughs> one bad week that he's had. That's it. He, now he needs to get targeted a little more, but he has that opportunity to have the big plays like we saw last week where he can put up uh, fantasy value in a flex position. So uh, it, he's a week-by-week player on, on starting him. I got He's a very low-end flex as of right now, but if he, he's got a bye week, but if he steps it up week seven, week eight, he can be a starter. I will let you... Sing the praises of a yep. Mr. Nelson Aguilar. Uh, next up, I have a question for you, Andrew. Okay. So a beast this week was yep. DK Metcalf. 93 yep. yards, two touchdowns. My the man. dude's a beast. Not, yep. not any, I mean, there's no question there. Mm-hmm. Um, the real question I have for you is, you know, I, I do think he's overtaken Tyler Lockett as the number one in this offense. I agree. Um, people were thinking, you know, he would be a very clear... 1b but i think he's overtaken lockett Mm -hmm. um and i think that has hurt lockett's value to this point but man can you think of three or four wide receivers you would take ahead of dk metcalf at this point is he a top three wide receiver uh (laughs) Uh, i mean deandre hopkins d hop 
Adams, maybe. Maybe. He's so injury-prone, though. Mm -hmm. Um, There can be an argument for Kelvin Ridley, but other than that, I can't think of many. I can't think of many. Maybe Thielen. But oh my maybe. god, you're just what? What are you talking about? Shut. Adam Thielen is the second best fantasy receiver this season. Get out of He's here. He's the second you best fantasy receiver this season. But I agree with you, DK. There is an argument made for top three. Yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. He's more consistent than Thielen. There you go. Okay, boom. Uh, I'll throw out another one here, Andrew. Yep. Uh, and I think this one has some fantasy implications. All right. Ezekiel Elliott, 105 total yards, two touchdowns. He's he was he's already a stud. You're starting him. There's not a whole lot of questions there. However, you know he hasn't been that you know number one overall threat in quite a few years. I'd say um, it has been a much more balanced attack, and especially with the receiving weapons Dallas has added in these past couple of years. They really have, you know, moved away from the ground and pound into the airing it out. So I think this, you know, with the Dak Prescott injury, as horrible as it is, the fantasy implications are, I think Zeke is going to jump into that number one overall category. They're going to need him to dominate on the ground. That's, I think that's going to be their recipe for success, especially mm-hmm. with Mike Layman McCarthy. Um so, you know, I <laughs> I really think Zeke moving forward is in the top top one or two category. <laughs> I agree um, with you. Uh, Delvin Cook dealing with injury and with Madison performing the way he is, there can be a more um, more split there. And Elvin Kamara, how long can he carry that team? Well, and splitting the load with Latavius Murray. I mean, Murray yeah. is vulturing touchdowns, unfortunately. Way that, more that than Tony Pollard. Part. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. That's yep, a yep. good argument to be made there that he can finish number one. I, I like that. Andrew, who else do you have yeah. on your wins? Who else do I got? Here's a good one. My man, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker has been amazing. He had one bad yeah. week, uh, which his worst week in a standard ESPN league, 8.7 points against New England week one. He's been getting better and better as the game or as the season has been going on. Um, his best week was week four against Seattle, where he put up over 100 yards. This week, he was only targeted three times, only caught the ball twice for 50 yards, but he did catch a touchdown. This Miami offense is insane. I'll talk more about uh, some other players on this Miami offense later on in this episode, but um, he has a, catching, a catch rate of 83%. He's seen just an insane amount of targets this season, and he is... Obviously, the number one receiver on this team. He moves from a uh, wide receiver three that people expected at the beginning of the year to because that's what he was drafted. He was drafted fifth, sixth round. That's where you could have gotten him, which is technically a, a wide receiver three flex position um, to a wide receiver two. He could be yeah. a top 10. I have no doubt if that he can become a top 10 wide receiver this season with a ton of top players like Michael Thomas and all of them underperforming or, you know, whatever you want to call what Michael Thomas does. Dealing but, with uh, injury. <laughs> yeah. Dealing with quote unquote injury. Um, so Devonte Parker with the gunslinger that Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is just going further up in my rankings for wide receivers. 
Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, and Andrew, I think my final beast mode player that I'll mention, All right. uh, especially because of the, the fantasy implications, mm-hmm. is going to be Daryl Henderson. Good one. You know, this, is, this has been a backfield that's been causing a lot of angst in the fantasy football community. Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. These are three really good running backs, and this is a team that provides fantasy value to their running backs. Predominantly this season, it has been Daryl Henderson. He really has shined when given the opportunity. Unfortunately, it is still just gross. He's sharing the backfield with Malcolm Brown. However, this week, it was firmly Daryl Henderson's 68 total yards and two touchdowns. He stepped up in a big way. You know, one would expect he continues to shoulder the lion's share of the carries. But once again, there's going to be some tomfoolery going on with Sean McVay. I do think it's a 1A, 1B, and then 2 situation. Cam Akers. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I do think it's going to be a maybe not a a full even split between Brown and Henderson, but I do think Henderson is doing more with the opportunities. So he's somebody that's, you know, it's risky and it feels gross, but I think he is a fantastic flex option. And, you know, he's going to have RB2 upside. That's a good one. I doubted him. I will say that last week I doubted him. I was like, Malcolm Brown is healthy. Cam Akers is back and healthy. What's the split going to be like? Yeah, Cam Cam Akers was involved a lot, but it was Henderson that performed the best. So, yeah, good pick. Uh, My final player, I, I will say I almost picked Jarvis Landry because he was targeted whopping nine times last game and dropped about 15 oh god he should play for the packers that was that was rough but there was a player on the browns that had even more targets this week with a whopping 10 targets i'm going with the tight end austin hooper he's that player that we keep saying i'm gonna wait and see wait a couple weeks see how involved he is and now he's finally starting to turn up. Week four, he got a touchdown, five receptions with seven targets. This week, also five receptions for 50 yards, 10 targets. That is an awesome, awesome thing for tight ends. You don't see double-digit targets that often unless your name is George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or maybe Darren Waller. Austin Hooper in this high-scoring Browns offense that is and 4-1 that is actually looking really good is getting a lot of these targets, most on the team. So he is becoming, he went from a backup tight end. I guess I should say he went from a undrafted tight end to a backup tight end now to potentially starting for me. Yeah. Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, that's a, a lot one. to think about. There's been a lot of, it's, there's a lot of talking performers. Yeah. You know, this is one of those situations. I think this year really exemplifies how, you don't really win your your season at the draft. It really mm-hmm. does take a lot of in-season effort. You know, we saw that with Henderson. You know, we've seen that with Chase Claypool. Um, yeah. Henry Ruggs. You know, there's just a lot of in-season moves you need to make to continue being the best version of yourself. Nice. Uh, let's jump into some losers. Here we go. I know you're very uh, familiar with this group. What'd you, what'd you call it? Whoa, okay. <laughs> Come on. What'd you call it? The uh, uh the least least mode. Yep. With the least mode. Uh I'll start out Tyler Lockett. You know, there was a few beautiful weeks where it really did look like 
you know, it was a 1A, 1A situation. It was just raining fantasy points from the fantasy gods, and everybody could live in harmony. All good things come to an end. (laughs) Uh, And it does look like DK Metcalf has emerged as the wide receiver one in this offense. Tyler Lockett is still a stud. You know, he had his three touchdown game two weeks ago, so I can't be too sad. And he will absolutely still have huge games, and he's going to have a great season. You know, he I do think he'll be a top 10 wide receiver. However, unfortunately, you know, with another week outing, he had 44 total yards, which, I mean, against a just a putrid Vikings defense. Uh, you know, Metcalf went off. Two touchdowns, 93 yards for Metcalf. Lockett was left in the dust. So, unfortunately, Lockett, he, that was a tough, tough one for me. He showed up with the least. All right. I'm going to go with one. It, it's more obvious, right? This is one you're going to be maybe a little upset about because it's kind of an obvious one. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jordan Howard and Matt Burita. Now, I didn't want to pick him, but I still I realized that Jordan Howard is still owned in a third of the leagues on ESPN and Matt Burita in more than a fourth of the leagues. It has been all Miles Gaskin this season from week one until now, and it's it's always going to be Miles Gaskin the rest of the season. He put up the, his best week yet against the San Francisco defense, and Jordan Howard didn't even play, not because of an injury, but because of coach's decision. He was not, he didn't suit up for this game. He did, he was averaging a touchdown a game, and like, five yards and a touchdown which is decent for a flex but he's done on this team same with Matt Burita Matt Burita only getting three four carries a game on average it's it's looking like in a in a in a league where it's becoming more and more uh dual running back situations this team is going in the opposite direction they're only relying on Miles Gaskin in the running game and he's performing really well so no Matt Burita no more Jordan Howard rest of the season. Shouldn't be rostered. Next week, I better look and see that Jordan Howard's on 0% of fantasy leagues. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. Another one I have is Scary Terry. Uh, only had 26 yards. Uh, this is one of those situations where, you know, we always advocate you start your studs. But, you know, he was a huge nay player for both of us last week. Uh, going up against Jalen Ramsey. It was gross, and I do attribute that to really good defense of the Rams and a really bad offense for Washington. Um, Pretty gross quarterback situation. I will say Dwayne Haskins has been benched. Kyle Allen was taken out of the game, and Alex Smith was the lead quarterback this game. Uh, Love Alex Smith. Amazing story. Seems like a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, however, I wouldn't say he necessarily immediately boosts anybody's value, uh, but this is just a rough day at the office for Scary Terry. I do expect much better things moving forward. All right, I'm going to go with a, a wombo combo here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wombo combo. I'm going with two players from the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. I'm going with Matt Ryan and Russell Gage. Ooh. Russell Gage was the guy to pick up the first two weeks of the season. It looked like that he was going to be the new Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley kind of stepped up a tier. Uh, 
And it seems like Russell Gage is getting worse the better opportunity that he gets. With Julio Jones being out, Russell Gage has only gotten two receptions per game since week three. Uh, and he's not done much with it. His best week since the, since the first two. Uh, two receptions, 26 yards. That's it. Only been targeted on average three times a game with this terrible, terrible offense led by Matt Ryan. Uh, it, it just, it doesn't look good. I mean, we thought this team would be the, the shootout. This is, you know, that's what we usually expect from the Atlanta Falcons is high flying, high scoring, uh, just super fantasy production from the, this entire offense. And it's really, the ship is sinking in Atlanta. It's, I mean, they fired their coaches. I don't know what to expect anymore. I think Russell Gage can be off your team. I think Matt Ryan can be off your team. I think there's better players out there for you to get. Yeah, no, I think you are exactly right. And that is a team looking for their identity. My next player who disappointed in a major way was your fantasy darling, my fantasy pariah, a Mr. Amari Cooper. Uh, He put down an Amari Pooper this week with 21 total yards. You know, Cooper, as much as he vexes me, he's a good football player when he decides to be. Uh, And this was not one of those weeks, unfortunately, uh, with the DAC injury. Dalton did not impress in a major way. Uh, and Gallup and CeeDee Lamb have shown to be really, really capable receivers. Uh, it does appear that his snaps are getting scaled back as well as his routes run. So it is cause for concern, although I'm not abandoning ship just quite yet. Uh, Cooper, if you have him, you're starting him. You know, he's still putting up numbers when he's getting the opportunities, but not a very encouraging <laughs> play. And it does look like this season his stock is trending downwards. It's a good one, even though I uh, I don't want to agree with you. But, you know, it's a yo-yo player. I'm going to go with another wide receiver out of San Francisco. Go with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, who's projected to be the number one receiver for the San Francisco offense, is now the number three. After coming back from injury, Brandon Ayuk has been performing better and Kendrick Bourne has been performing better. Uh, with a questionable quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo or CJ Bethard, but I don't know even, is that how you pronounce his name? I don't like it. Um, <laughs> that quarterback situation is a mess and Debo Samuel's spot is him being that kind of utility player can run the ball. Uh, it, it's been passed down to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has kind of taken over that role that Debo Samuel used to play. Uh, so that brings down Debo Samuel's value a lot. So he is borderline rosterable for me, even though it, he did come back from an injury. Uh, he's only played weeks four and five. So I think that he is he's a fringe roster spot for me. I'll probably give it another week or two just to see how involved he actually is. But they got a lot of things to figure out. They need to figure out what they're doing for quarterback, and they got to figure out their roles in the wide receiver uh, area. So Debo Samuel definitely... Uh, stock down for me at least yeah yeah that is a good one next up i have juju smith schuster uh you know the steelers have just a wonderful wonderful group of wide receivers 
But this week, Chase Claypool was the bell of the ball, as Michael Scott would say. Nice. Chase Claypool just absolutely wiped the floor <laughs> this week. Four total touchdowns, over 100 yards. You're just a beast. You know, you can't can't really say all that much about it. Uh, he did soak up a lot of attention from Big Ben. And with Deontay Johnson hurt, I was kind of expect, expecting more from Juju especially against a not as great secondary that they're going up against. So, you know, I'd say Juju Smith-Schuster this season, you know, he's he's shown signs he is still a great receiver, but overall people were hoping he could go back to being the wide receiver one he was a few years ago. But with a healthy Ben, uh, with Chase Claypool, you know, uh, making contributions the way he has been, it doesn't look like Juju Smith-Schuster is the focus anymore. I mean, it kind of looks like another Dallas situation. You have three fantastic wide receivers, and you know, you only have so much love you can give, so you yeah. have to distribute it out. So Juju Smith-Schuster is still starting, but you don't think you have that locked and loaded wide receiver that you used to have. You kind of have a weird feeling in your stomach where it really could go either way. That's a good one. Um my final pick, my last one here, is a tight end out of Los Angeles. I'm going Tyler Higby. He was a top five tight end through the first three weeks of the season, and he has fallen off in the last two, uh, getting three receptions week four, two receptions week five, targeted a total of six times in those two games. It is looking like Gerald Everett is taking over in that tight end one spot. Uh, Everett had a great game, got four receptions, 90 yards, targeted four times. He was the best receiver on the team over Robert Woods, over Cooper Cup, uh, and he was way more involved than Higby. Uh, this is kind of a mess of a tight end. I, I, I don't want to start Higby anymore, and I also don't want to start Everett yet. It's just like their run game. They're both good, and they can both produce numbers, but I don't know who's going to be hot that week and who's not. This the last two weeks has been Everett. The first three has been Higby. I don't want any involvement in this tight end situation until there's an outstanding tight end one. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. And I like the uh, comparison to the running situation. Uh, McVay gets fantasy football points. It's yeah. just absolutely varied in who they go to when he decides to distribute them. Uh, my final loser of the week, Zach Ertz. You know, he's been a... Just a symbol for tight end excellence for so long, uh, and it it looks like his age is caught up to him. Uh, This offense just does not seem like it's going to be featuring Ertz the way it used to be able to. And if it's not now, man, when will it ever? There's not really any great wide receiver options. Zach Ertz should be it, and he's really not able to do all that much. He mustered up six total yards in week five. That's gross. That is not going to pay the bills. Zach Ertz, I'm sorry, man. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say he's oh cuttable boy. at this point, um, he's, but he's up there. He's, he's up there and he's yeah. benchable for sure. 100%, uh, and man. I think you're in a spot now where I would try to trade him. Uh, that's just, that's my position. That's good. Well, Andrew, that wraps mm-hmm. up our stock up, stock down, beast mode, least mode, winners, losers portion of week five. And I thought it'd be helpful if we finished this segment with our top three waiver signings. 
and we might share a couple on this list so we will go. work with it uh, number one for me is henry ruggs he is only 44 percent rostered so not available in all leagues but he came back from the injury in a major major way scored his first nfl touchdown and looked great doing it the dude is fast 118 yards and a touchdown Henry Ruggs is somebody who I think his role will continue to grow, obviously. And I think they're going to get more creative with how to use him, like they did show uh, week one this season. So Henry Ruggs is my choice for a primo waiver signing. Nice. That's a, I mean, he's an amazing player, so you should definitely have him on your team. I am going to go with a quarterback. I said I was going to talk about the Miami Dolphins again. I can't stop talking about the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be Ryan Fitz Magic or Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you want to call him by his proper name. He is if if okay, try to guess his <laughs> position rank right now. Five. That's pretty close. Five is Allen, uh, then Aaron Rodgers, then at seven, Ryan Fitzpatrick doing better than Brady, doing better than Watson, doing better than Lamar Jackson. Uh just like that, we all predicted. Just like we all predicted. I mean, who <laughs> would have doubted him ever? He's only rostered in twenty percent of the leagues. He had one bad week, which is week one against New England. After that, he scored twenty plus points in an ESPN standard league. I guess it really doesn't matter what he what standard PPR or anything like that, because it's the same points for quarterbacks. But he I I think he had a perfect passer rating, not that that matters, but that means that he played really well through for 350 yards and three touchdowns last game against the San Francisco defense. That is the San Francisco defense, the same defense that made it all the way to the Super Bowl, that carried Jimmy Garoppolo all the way to Miami, which is where the Super Bowl was held, if you didn't know. Um, and uh, there, I will give San Fran the benefit of the doubt. That's a a lot of injuries that happened over there, but Fitzpatrick got it done against Seattle, against Jacksonville, against Buffalo. He's doing great. I would drop, I would pick him over Breeze. I would pick him over uh, Matt Ryan, like I said, drop him. I'd pick Brady. him over Brady, Wentz, Goff. I mean, you what can about make Watson. The, it's that's a close one. I was going to say you can even make an argument in there for Watson. I do think Watson is way more talented. But Fitzpatrick likes to throw the ball deep. He doesn't really care. He likes to take these risks, which lead to fantasy points. So yeah. uh, I would still put Watson a little bit above Fitzpatrick. But that's, I mean, he's in that realm right now. So yeah, that's, that's who I got. And guess what? I'm still not done talking about the Dolphins. More later yeah, on. That's not surprising. Yep. Uh, next up, I have Chase Claypool. Uh, this is kind of a no-duh pickup of the week, but... He broke out in a huge, huge way in week five, 110 total yards and four touchdowns. Granted, I think there's a little bit of a mirage because Deontay Johnson was out with a injury, but Chase Claypool, he can absolutely get it done. The dude is a beast. He's a rookie out of Notre Dame. I like him a lot. You know, I do think dynasty leagues, he has tremendous upside. Uh, you know, he is third on this team but you can't really put this genie back in the bottle and when a guy breaks out this way looks this dominant you got to keep giving him opportunities so i think that's you know those targets are going to come from somewhere i think some will be taken away from johnson i think some will be taken away from juju and i do think moving forward chase claypool is going to be a legitimate flex we saw him blow up earlier this year 
and we saw him blow up last week. So I think he's somebody who should absolutely be rostered. Right now, he's only 16% rostered, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this team uses him moving forward. But he's a stud and will continue to do studly things. Chase Claypool. All right. Uh, that's a, I mean, four TDs. Uh, he was, I think, the first Steeler, not even rookie, but first Steeler to score four TDs in one game since like the 70s. Jeez. An outstanding performance by him. I'm going to go with, it's not really controversial, but uh, you, you don't really think of him as a, as a top signing. Uh, only rostered in 15% of the leagues. J.D. McKissick. That's weird saying. That's a yes. really weird thing. Uh, he is not really that involved in the run game. That is all Antonio Gibson. So he's almost like a, like a Tariq Cohen. Um, he is not startable. But I think he is rosterable, and I think you can do a lot worse for a backup running back. Um, he had, I'll give you the stats here, he had six receptions for 46 yards. He only rushed one time for three, but he was a lot more involved uh, with Kyle Allen and Alex Smith at quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. So if one of, one of those two are starting, McKissick's value goes up. If Haskins is back, his value drops back down to basically not rosterable. Um, he is the type of player where if, if you're struggling with bye weeks, you can pick him up. He's not going to win you the week, but he's he shouldn't disappoint you too much. He's not going to put up a goose egg. He's, I would say five to 10 points at best. So he is a an adequate bench uh, backup player. Yeah, that's a that's great a pick. Yeah. Uh, and before I give my final waiver signing, I do want to point yeah. out a story just was released. The Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, explained the firing of Dan Quinn and the GM, Thomas Dimitrov. He explained it's called lack of winning. <laughs> oh. So, wow. Oh. That, is, that is ice cold. <laughs> oh, that's a kick in the nuts. Ugh. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yeah, so. So that's rough. Um, you know, I that's really funny. I'm digesting that now. And my final waiver signing this week has to be Alexander Madison. If Dalvin Cook loses any time whatsoever, Alexander Madison becomes a must-start player. This Viking offense is built around the run. And, you know, even if Madison wasn't a great player, there would be fantasy football value. However, Madison is a really, really good player and a starting running back on most NFL teams. So if he is the starter, if Cook is out for any prolonged period of time, he is a must-own and a must-start. He's only 37% owned. He had 136 yards on 23 touches in Week 5. Make sure you pick him up. He could be a league winner. Okay. Here's the deal. All right, oh, let's gosh. talk. Preston Williams is what you're going to say? Let's talk. Okay. <laughs> I've made some weird picks. That's yeah. just what I do. It's true. I make some ridiculous picks that may or may not work out. This might be the craziest pick I've ever done. And I should apologize for those people who were trying to just grab him without anyone noticing because he's only rostered in 3% of leagues. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I am talking about the kicker for Miami Dolphins, Jason Sanders. Let that sink in. I'm talking about a kicker as a top waiver signing. He is position rank number one by far, averaging 
15.5 points per game. He hasn't missed this season. He is performing better than LaVisca Chenault. He's, and by better, I mean he scored more points this season. He scored more points than Justin Jefferson in a standard league. He is David Johnson level in production and fantasy points right now. It's crazy, but if you want, on average, 15 points on your team every week, Jason Sanders is the guy. And I should apologize again for bringing him up and shining a light on him if you're just trying to snipe him. But this man, I mean, he's scored, he's averaging more points than than like half of people's benches. More points than Marquise Brown, more points than Juju, more points than Mostert, like... People don't pay attention to kickers that much, but this man can literally win you the week. He scored 22 fantasy points last week, scoring six field goals, five field goals. I it's it's hard to it's weird, but this man should be on everyone's team. Yeah, uh, uh, I went um, there. I mean, okay. I, I mean, like there. Rodrigo Blankenship. Blankenship's has... great. Yeah, he's he's scored more points than Sanders, but I absolutely see where it's coming from. No, two huge Sanders, weeks in a row. Sanders became number one. What? Yeah. All right. So, for example, Andrew. Yep. I'm just pulling this up right now. Rodrigo Blankenship, Yahoo Fantasy Football, fifty point nine zero total fan points this season. Jason Sanders, forty two fan points this season. Interesting. I See, could be crazy. However, well, it, it it could be. I'm I'm looking at um I'm looking at ESPN. You're looking at Yahoo. They score things different, I guess. Either way, but Sanders is putting pick. up numbers and pick, pick Andrew a blanket chip as well. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> two. Go for it. I love him too. One special. Yeah. Uh, yeah kickers make a difference. People kind of just write them off, but if you get a good kicker, hold on to them because yeah. it makes it's just a little a nice bonus to have a solid it's kicker. Just, it feels good. Yeah, I picked up Blankenship. Um, he does ESPN, just to clear the air, uh, has him ranked number two with 58 total points. Jason Sanders with 62. Um, but the reason I went with Jason Sanders over Blankenship is Blankenship's owned in 85% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Jason Sanders only in three. Man, so, well, Andrew, that is a there. great highlight there. It's crazy. So yeah. everybody rush to pick him up and start him. Andrew, that wraps up our week five recap. Good one. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We enjoy bringing you the latest, the greatest, the fantasy football analysis. Thank you all so much for listening. If you did like what you hear, if you could do us a small favor on whatever platform you are using to listen to us, please leave a review. It helps spread the word. It helps keep us going. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you back here with our week six preview later this week.